talk about waging a good warfare, amen? When we hear the word war or warfare, we automatically think the Bible is talking about the devil, amen? Or fighting Satan's evil plots and his plans, fighting the devil, and most of the time it is. But if we read the scriptures carefully, we'll see that the scriptures are talking about fighting the, the, the war inside of us. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be one of those. Amen. The war is on the inside of us. And these scriptures, sometimes we take them to mean the devil. And, of course, it can and it does. But most of the time, the, the scriptures are talking about the war that's within us, the war that's in our minds. That's where the war, the biggest war that you will ever fight, your biggest warfare is going to come on the inside of you, on the inside of your mind, how you think. Because if you could keep the devil out of this right here, if you can keep the devil out of your mind from speaking wrong things to you, from uh, telling you lies, because he speaks lies all the time. He speaks lies like nobody cares. Nobody wants to be bothered. You know, he speaks lies all the time. Have a seat, sir. And so this is what the devil does. He speaks lies all the time. Amen. But it's not always talking about battling cities, demons in cities and demons in the country. You know, it's talking about that, but it's mainly the scriptures that I, that the Lord gave me are talking about preventing the devil's lies from causing a stronghold in your mind. Because that's where the strongholds are. Amen. So let's go to 2 Corinthians 10. Hallelujah. Paul is admonishing believers. You know, he didn't, he didn't write this Bible to people who don't know God. He wrote this Bible to believers. Amen. You know, people go and pick the Bible up for some reason, for comfort or for guidance. And he is speaking to them. Amen. And in 2 Corinthians 10... Paul is admonishing us to take control of our own thoughts. Take control of your imaginations so that you can prevent the devil's lies from causing a stronghold on the inside of you. Because this is how we get messed up in life. It's how we think. What we think about ourselves. We are our worst critics. Do you agree? Amen. And so we need to shut that door. See, when we don't think well of ourselves, we open the door for all kind of demonic activity. It comes from us. And then you know what the devil does? He starts pointing. Their fault, their fault, them, them and they. That's how it gets started. But you have to admit that it starts on the inside of us. It starts on the inside of your thinking. And that's the devil's playground. And so the, the Bible... Uh, Well, I should say God has created a way that we can fight that when it's a small thing on the inside of your mind. Amen. The devil's never going to tell you that you're great, you're wonderful, you're loved. (laughs) Those words come from God because he loves you. But the devil can fade out those words of God, fade out the, the words of love from the people of God until he makes God your biggest enemy. He becomes your biggest critic. 
And he becomes your biggest enemy because of the lies that the devil will tell you inside of your mind. Amen. And it's called a stronghold because that's where the devil grips you. Amen. He lies and then he binds you and grips you. And then that thing seems so real because he'll give you something in the natural to back up what he told you in your mind. Amen. Because he doesn't want you to prosper. That's the first thing. Well, take your money. He doesn't want you to do better. Don't want you to have anything. Wants you to be a failure. And when that happens, then you're angry at everybody else. And you go back into your shell. And then you find somebody to talk to that perpetuates what you think because they think just like you. See, the devil will put people in your path that will in- encourage that kind of nonsense. He, he's not going to put anybody in your path to tell you that's a stronghold in your mind. That's a lie. God loves you. And you're good. You're not a bad person. Amen. But he, the devil makes every, and then he'll give you some type of information, some, something negative. And it'll go along with your thinking. And then you'll say, see, I knew that was right. The devil orchestrates everything. That's what he is. He's a great master of destruction, but he's also a master orchestrator of evil deeds and evil things. Amen. Hallelujah. This is how he works. He'll let you see things that will keep you over into the negative realm. He'll hurt you. He doesn't care. He'll hurt your kids. He'll hurt your grandkids. It's nothing too foul for him to do. He's a low baller. Amen. That's how he rolls. The devil can't get a believer unless there's an open door. So in 2 Corinthians, hallelujah. And one other thing I need to say is the uncontrolled mind and wrong thinking, has that's what opens the door for the devil uncontrolled mind in other words you can't control how you think amen there's nothing that stops you and say that's not god even if it's true in the natural what do you care there has to be something on the inside of you that makes you stop and think and say now you know what that's not true see the devil likes people who don't challenge him amen although we got the goods but we don't challenge him. Amen. We go along with that thought. It's very easy. Look at it like this. Is that a negative thought or a positive thought? If it's negative, it comes from Satan. If it's positive, it comes from God. So push the negative away from you and bind it and tell the devil, I'm not going to think like that because that's not God. But see, he doesn't like people like that. If you get used to it, it's hard sometimes when you start off. But if you keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it, those thoughts will leave you and they won't come back. But it's a fight. That's why the Bible calls it warfare. Because you have to fight to be sane. You have to fight to think right. You have to fight to not be negative, not to join the bandwagon. Amen? That's where wisdom comes in. The wise man goes against the negativity. Amen? Hallelujah. So wrong believing, wrong talking comes after 
uncontrolled mind, uncontrolled thought process. Then comes the wrong talking. Then comes the wrong believing. This stuff gets real in your mind. Amen. And, and so you wind up with a, a major battlefield in your mind. So in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, in other words, though we are fleshly people, walking in the natural, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. In other words, the war that's on the inside of you, you don't fight that in the flesh. You fight it with spiritual ammunition, spiritual weapons. In other words, you have to get in the word of God and find something to fight what the devil has put in your mind. It's the only way you're going to make it. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody got it. You have to fight negativity with something positive. Amen. You cannot fight it with another carnal thought. It won't work. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. And see, most people like me, I always thought this was talking about spiritual weapons fighting an evil demon. But this scripture is talking about the war in your mind. Amen. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, how do we know it's talking about the mind? Because of verse 5. Casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's how you know. Because it's talking about casting down those thoughts that's in your mind that are not from God. How do you know it's not from God? Because it makes you feel bad. If it don't encourage you, it discourages you. If it discourages you, then it's from the devil. So you cast it down. You don't put up with that kind of thinking. If you let yourself start accepting these thoughts, they'll be compounded. And then the devil, you're the devil's playground. And if you keep doing that, then guess what? There's a stronghold. And when there's a stronghold, that thing is hard to break. Hard to break. It'll take pretty much a a bomb designated in your brain. Or something bad has to happen for you to cry out to God. And then he talks some sense into you. And then you find out all those thoughts were wrong. All those thoughts were from hell. All those thoughts were against you. See, but we can, as Christians, we can stop that. We can stop thinking. We don't have to think like that. You know why? Because we're born again. We're born of the Spirit. Hallelujah. We're spiritual beings. We're not carnal beings. And that means if you are born again, if you have asked Jesus Christ in your life to be the head of your life, you are a spirit being because the Holy Spirit lives in you. Hallelujah. Praise God. And that Holy Spirit speaks better things for your life the holy spirit speaks life to you it doesn't speak negativity that negative voice comes from hell amen hell wants to claim as many people as it can that hell is real 
See, a lot of people don't believe it, and that's why a lot of people have gone to hell and come back and tell about it. Amen? And this is why. Because the devil's going to tell you it's not real. He's going to feed you all kind of garbage until he can get you under his feet. Amen. But the Bible says that the devil is under our feet, but he wants to switch this thing around and make you think he's the one that's the head and not the tail. He wants you to bow. The devil wants us to bow to him. When you bow to him, you accept his lies. When you bow to him, you believe the big lie. Amen. And so we have to fight to just to stay normal. Fight just to stay sane. Fight so that you won't become just another fatality, just another person that messed up. You don't have to mess up, amen? You don't have to because God has called you into something better. So what do you do? You cast down. In other words, you tell that voice in your mind to shut up. Amen. Shut up. It's not God. Shut up talking to me. And you know what the devil will do? He'll make sure that you're around human people who you love to instigate and encourage that wrong voice. Because they're listening to the same devil. Same devil, same voices. That's why they tell you the same thing. You have to shut it down. Amen. Hallelujah. You tell the devil, I want this conversation shut down. And you have to do it. There's no other way. You can't be nice to the devil. I didn't try that. It don't work. Amen. You can't be nice to him. You have to shut him down and make him leave you alone. Everybody has the same fight. And, but the fight, the biggest fight of your life is going to be in your mind. The biggest fight. The rest is easy. Amen. Hallelujah. But those voices, that imagination, that high thing that exalts itself higher than the knowledge of God, that voice speaks louder than God's voice. God's steady telling you, I love you. You know, you're, you know I'm, I'm here for you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. And all Satan has to do is tell you, you ain't nobody. You ain't nothing. And you take, you choose the latter. Why? Because it's easier to believe. It's because we're so used to believing that voice, it sounds second nature. Maybe you've heard that all your life. Amen? But God wants you to open up and start to grab a hold. Amen? Grab a hold. The Bible said, Paul says, grab hold to life. Start to walk in it. Grab hold to life. Grab hold to the words of life. Grab a hold. Embrace life and what God is doing for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Embrace what God is doing. I don't care if that voice is so small. Cling to that little voice that says, you're wonderful. I love you. Hallelujah. Cling to that voice. Believers will reap what they sow if you continue to listen to negative voices. Amen. The Bible says in Galatians 6, 7, let's go there. Hallelujah. Galatians 6, 7. It says that you will, let me find it first. Okay. Galatians 6, verse 7. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. 
For whatever a man soweth, that he will also reap. Amen. There's such thing in the kingdom as seed, time, and harvest. And after you sow a seed, whether it's good or bad, it'll show up again if you don't try to stop. So, in other words, stop sowing wrong. Stop sowing wrong thoughts. Stop sowing wrong deeds. Amen. And Paul was actually talking to believers when he wrote that. Hallelujah. Amen. He says that if you don't stop, you will eventually reap a harvest, causing the devil to score big in your life. You don't want to help the devil score big. Amen. And it's not hard. It's just a thing. It's, it's called conditioning your mind. See, when you shut down these voices, these negative voices, when you keep shutting them down and shutting them down and shutting them down, the devil will quit talking to you. Amen. Amen. But it's a fight. Because what he'll do is go mess with somebody else that's not going to fight so hard. That's what he does. He likes easy. He doesn't like somebody that's going to fight, who's going to defend the faith. Somebody who's going to stand having done all. He don't like them kind of people because they're not easy. He likes somebody that's going to sit up and believe every negative thing that he puts in your mind. Amen. And if you keep shutting that voice down, shutting down that negative voice, shutting down that lie of the devil, if you keep telling it to shut up, it'll leave you alone. That's the only way he'll not speak to you. It's called work. Most of us don't like work. Hallelujah. But it says that you will reap. God is not mocked. In other words, you can't fool God. You can't play with him either. Hallelujah. Verse 8 says, For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. You know what sowing to your flesh is? Adding on to the neg- negativity that's whispered in your ear. Adding on to it. Calling somebody as, yeah, you know what she said about me? I knew she didn't like me. You don't like yourself. Amen. So adding on to it. Adding on. Adding on. You can't add on to what the devil, because it's already a lie. Don't add on to a lie. Amen. Cast it down. Break its power. Say, devil, you know what? I don't care if it's real or not. I'm not listening to you. That's what you do. You said, I don't care if it's real. It can be true. I don't care. It ain't true until God says it's true. If God didn't say it, it's a lie. Amen. Hallelujah. So Paul was writing to believers. When he said in Proverbs 18:21, he says, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And those who partake of it shall eat the fruit thereof. Amen. And that's in Proverbs 18:21. If you write that down, you can read it later. Amen. Hallelujah. Wrong thinking, wrong believing, and wrong speaking are always... Uh, are ways that believers unknowingly open the door for the devil. Talk wrong, think wrong, speak wrong. And these are also strongholds. And the strongholds are built in our minds. Amen. You can tell when there's a stronghold. Because your day is going wonderful. 
And in time, that name is brought up of that person that hurt you. It's like, a siren goes off. That's a stronghold. Are y'all here today? It's a stronghold. If you think about a certain place, I remember when I, I uh, had an accident at my job. I worked at the uh, VA hospital in human resources, and I had an accident, and it just went downhill from there. And it, I was fine until somebody said VA. And when somebody said VA, this I want to kill everybody in the building. I didn't know you worked there. I don't think you worked there then. <laughs> you know, this explosion went off. Y'all understand what I'm saying? You hear that voice. You hear a name. That's a stronghold. And it took many years for me to get delivered from that place. Amen. Didn't know God was delivering me and taking me on to better things. All I could think about is that old devil. He put that ice under my feet, and I fell and hit my head. And, you know, the whole nine yards. But it was a blessing from God. How many of you know you can't see the blessing for looking at the, at the, at the devil, at the lies of the devil? Best thing I ever did is retire early. Amen. But, you know, we think everything is the devil. Hallelujah. And so wrong thinking, and that's what I had, and it took years to break down that wall that I had put up because of hurts and wounds and things said. And it became a stronghold in my life, and I didn't want to hear the name of that place. Amen? And it took a long time, and I didn't know. Had I known, had I got this kind of teaching, see, people don't like this kind of teaching because it don't make you feel good. You know, you don't shout, ah, woo! Pass the priest. It ain't about that. It's about getting you straight. Amen. Getting you straight. I wouldn't get dressed and come to church if I didn't hear something that's going to help my life. Not something that make me feel good. I ain't into that. I did enough years of the feel good message, and when I went home, I was right back depressed. Amen. Right back with no money. You know, yapping kids. Yapping husband, same thing. I left, but I had a couple hours of pleasantry, if I can say that. And so I need something that's going to help me get delivered. And is, is it painful? Yeah, it's painful. You know why? Because it's truth, but it sets you free. <laughs> Hallelujah. Truth sets you free. It may sting a little bit, but it helps you. Amen. So wrong thinking, wrong believing, wrong speaking, wrong life. It's it's, it's a trickle-down effect. So you have to go after that thing that causes everything, and that's how you think. Casting down imaginations. Things that are not true is an imagination. And casting down, that means taking authority over it and telling that thought that you are not going to listen to it. You are not going to believe it. You are going to walk free in truth in Jesus' name. It's a fight. Amen. Hallelujah. And you might be the only one that's trying to get free. You Sometimes, you know, it's like you and the clothes on your back. You get free first, and then you can help others get free. But, you know, I used to listen to... Things back in the day, we were told that it was a selfish revival. 
Amen. In other words, you have to look out for you first. You know, blind leading the blind, everybody fall into a ditch. But you have to, somebody has to get their mind free and get strong so they can lead the others out. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So let's go to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 1. Hallelujah. And this is another scripture that Paul admonished the believer. But this time he was talking to Timothy, his brother in the Lord, uh, his brother that he had sent out uh, to take care of uh, other churches. And, you know, he had to keep them in line. They didn't have telephones, so he always wrote people, the leaders, with a greeting. Hallelujah. 1 Timothy 1, verse 18. And it says, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the, war, the good warfare. Amen. Hallelujah. He was telling him to fulfill. In other words, this is what he was saying. Fulfill the call of God on your life and don't be deterred by opposition that you will face. Amen. Hallelujah. He's saying, don't be discouraged, Timothy, but wage a good warfare. And that means negativity and anything that comes from the devil, you got to cast it down. You can't live out of that, Timothy. He's saying, you have to live out of the, the renewed mind. Amen. You have, to re, you have to live out of the promises of God. You know, everything that God has promised you, he wants to give it to you. And so he's saying, Timothy, don't be discouraged and don't live out of negativity, but cast it down. Amen. Hallelujah. Wage a good warfare. And that means casting down the high thing that comes against your mind. Wage a good warfare. He wasn't necessarily talking about fight the devil. He's talking about fight the devil in you. Amen. He says, because it's going to try you. And that's going to be the biggest fight. So fight the good fight of faith. Wage a good warfare. Hallelujah. In verse 19 it says, having faith and a good conscience. See, he's talking about the mind. He says having a good conscience. He's talking about the mind. He is not talking about the devil. Are y'all here today? So he is talking about the mind. He says, uh, having faith and a good conscience, which some having rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck. What is he saying? He says some didn't cast down. Some didn't keep a good godly mind. Some didn't cast down imaginations. And so they went shipwreck. Why? Because of how they thought. They didn't have faith in God to deliver. They didn't have faith in what God had told them to do. And then they rejected uh, casting down the high thing. They didn't do 2 Corinthians 10. Amen? Hallelujah. It's the same person wrote this. Same person, Paul, wrote the same letter. So he says, the Amplified says, I commit to thee, son Timothy, wage a good warfare, holding fast to the faith and good conscience. Amen. And the devil isn't mentioned. Did you read the devil anywhere? For all you doubters? That don't like to change how you think. 
not talking about the devil. He's talking about you. He's talking about Timothy. He's saying, look, Timothy, you wage a good warfare. You wage the warfare over your life and over your mind. Amen? Hallelujah. It's a personal calling. This thing was personal between Timothy and God, between uh, Paul and God. And Paul was admonishing, admonishing Timothy because he called Kim, Timothy to do what he did. Amen. And he says, if you don't do this, you'll go shipwreck in the faith. You will go shipwreck in the faith if you don't cast down vain imaginations. Change how you think. That's your responsibility. And he was telling Timothy, if you're going to build a church and be a good leader, you cannot listen to your thought process. Amen. Stay committed to the call. Amen. No matter what the cost. And we, we need to look at that too. There's a price to pay to be a good soldier. And we need to pay the price whatever it is. Whatever you have to give up. Give it up so that you'll think right. Amen. Give it up so you'll live right. Give it up so you can get blessed. And this is why people don't get blessed so much is because they're not willing to give up their flesh. All God is asking you to do is not think the way you do. Because first you think, then you speak, then you do. Are y'all here today? This is why we wind up doing wrong things. It starts in our minds, amen. But isn't it refreshing to know that you don't have to follow through on what's in your brain? And it can be changed by the washing of the water of the word. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to 2 Timothy. You're in 1 Timothy. Go to 2 Timothy, verse uh, chapter 2. Hallelujah. By the washing of the water of the word. What does that mean? It means that when you read the word, your mind is washed clean of all negativity. Hallelujah. Second Timothy two verse three. And it says, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You know, so many people they get a little taste of something bad and they run. Well, you can't run. You got to endure hardship. Hardship. Endure hardness. Endure harshness as a good soldier. Amen. Hallelujah. No man that warreth entangles himself with the affairs of life. Amen. Let's see. Where is that? Verse 4. It says, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Now, you know what it's talking about. It says, uh, no one engages... In warfare, it's talking about to warn your mind. Amen. It says you don't entangle yourself with the affairs of the world, that he may please him who enlisted him. So in other words, if, you, uh, if God called you to be saved and you start to entangle, entangle yourself in the affairs of this world, you're going to get messed up. Your mind is going to get messed up. That's what really what Timothy is saying. Amen. 
It says you have to please the one that enlisted you in the army. If you're in the army, that's the United States of America, United States Army. But if you're in the kingdom of God, then it's God. And you got to please him. Are y'all here today? So in other words, it says don't get entangled in the affairs of the world. If you want to keep a straight mind, if you want to think right, if you want to be successful in what you've been called to do, you have to stay committed to the call. Are you here today? It takes discipline and dedication. And we can be disciplined and dedicated to a lot of things in the world, but when it comes to being uh, dedicated and disciplined to the things of God, we take a back step. Amen. In other words, you can't love the world. Don't fall in love with the world. That's what this scripture is telling you. Amen. Are y'all here today? Hallelujah. And, and also it says, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Amen. So you, why not uh, obey the rules of God? See, when it comes to the world, people like to relax and do the things that the world does. But God has called us to a better life. Amen. But it takes discipline and dedication. Paul is telling Timothy in this verse to keep himself free from the cares of the world. Amen. Keep yourself free from the cares of the world. And the word war here in James 4, 1 is used to describe the result of unrestrained fleshly activities. Let's go to James 4, further back. I think that's James is further back. Yep, two books behind, James 4. See, war, that word war or warfare is used in a lot of different ways, but in all of these scriptures that I'm giving you, it's not talking about the devil. It's talking about you. Because we have not read any scripture that said the devil, have we? Not yet anyway. Hallelujah. It's how we think. The result of unrestrained or undisciplined fleshly activity. In other words, fighting the lust of the flesh. That's where we're going. James 4 verse 1. It says, where does wars and fights come from among you? It says, do they not come from your desires for, for pleasure, that war in your members? In other words, your mind will start to fight your body when your body is saying one thing and your mind is trying to tell you to chill out. Are y'all here today? Amen. Somebody got to tell you. It's my turn. <laughs> You hear, you might as well stay. Amen. Verse 2 says, you lust and do not have. In other words, you want things, want everything, but you don't have it. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight the war, yet you do not have because you do not ask God. I mean, you don't ask God for it. In other words, you try to get these carnal things you try to attain it in a carnal way and that brings trouble all right is anybody listening hallelujah verse three you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss or you ask wrongfully you don't ask in faith or you ask for something that you don't need that's going to trip you up in down the way 
that you may spend it on pleasures. See, God, he's not going to give you something if it's going to mess you up. And he don't pay what he, he don't pay for what he didn't order. Just telling you. Amen. If God didn't order it, if he didn't put it on the brochure, he ain't paying for it. You got to pay for it by yourself. Amen. And he'll let you. But if he didn't order it, he won't pay for it. That's what it's saying. Hallelujah. It says, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enemy with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy to God. See, you can't have both. No, we would all love to, but it ain't possible. Because the Bible says you'll love one and hate the other. And we know who you will hate. We've all had a taste of that. Amen. And then it's a struggle and a fight to get back that feeling when you lost that loving feeling. Are you here today? It's hard to it's hard to get it back. Amen. Verse five says, or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealousy? In other words, God is is jealous of you going after pleasures fleshly pleasures he wants us to desire and love him like a deer pants for water he wants us to pant for him amen he's a jealous god people don't know god in that vernacular but he's a jealous god he hates to see us replacing things and people where he's supposed to be in our life amen and he'll let it he'll let it go for a season but when the season is over he's going to come looking for you. He's going to send the Holy Spirit to sniff and dog you out until he finds you. Amen. If you're called to be saved, if there's other people saved in your family then you're called to be saved. And there's no way to get around it. But it's a wonderful thing when you surrender to God. See, this is what people think. I got to stop having fun. You ain't having fun now. It ain't fun. It ain't fun. God don't want to stop your fun. He just wants to get your thinking straight. Amen. See, people think it's, it's not so much what you do. It's how you think. Because what you do is a result of what you think. God wants to change your thinking. If your thinking changes, then you won't want to do what you do because the desire's not there. And y'all ain't home. <laughs> y'all ain't home today. Hallelujah. Let's go back to, well, let's go. Did we do Galatians? Galatians 5. Hallelujah. God wants to give you the desires of your heart. The things that's in your heart, God wants you to have. He put them there. He put the desire. Why would he put the desire in there and not give it to you? He's not a withholder. But he wants you to think right about him. Amen. He wants you to think right about him. Hallelujah. Galatians 5 verse 24. I'm almost done. Verse 24, it says, And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Well, how do you crucify? My flesh ain't crucified. It will be if you think right. See, this is not so much about what you are doing. God ain't concerned about that because he can stop that anytime he gets fed up with it. God wants you to think right. 
He wants you to think right about people. He wants you to think right about Christians. Christians are not stupid. They're not crazy. You know, the world thinks wrong about Christians. Amen. Now, some of them are. A whole lot of them are. But then there's a lot more people out in the world crazier than the, the church. You know what I'm saying? At least they're trying. But God wants you to think right. And, and get your flesh. When you cru- crucify your flesh. Amen. That means that part of you. Human nature. That's not tamed. Amen. Or that part of the human nature that's godless. Hate to put it like that, but that's what it is. If you can bring that under subjection, bring it under, under God. One nation under God, amen. One person, one family under God. If you can bring your members, yourself, your body under God, bring it under subjection of the Holy Spirit. In other words, you obey the Holy Spirit in all things. You obey the voice that's not in your mind, but the voice of God that says, no, don't do it. Amen. Hallelujah. You get used to following that voice. It gets easier and easier. Trust me. It gets easier and easier. And then pretty soon you don't have those thoughts anymore. Right thinking, right actions. Wrong thinking, wrong actions. You can only go as far as your mind takes you, amen? But we're to be crucified, to crucify our flesh. And the only thing living is the Spirit of God that lives in you, Christ in you. And that's where your hope is, amen? So Galatians 5, we did 24. Let's do 25. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Now, what does walking in the spirit means? It says that it means that you walk thinking the thoughts of God, not the thoughts that of everyday life, not the thoughts that come your way that the devil tries concerns, not walking in concerns. I'll put it like that. Not walking in the problems of the day. You know, if you say, for instance, if you need some work done, you know, if your drain is backed up. You don't let that bug you all day long. You don't think about it till the people come and say, call and say, did you call? Did you make an appointment? You say, oh, yeah, y'all following me? You don't, let, you don't live uh, at the end of the string. You don't live by problems. You live in joy, peace, and in love. Love, peace, and joy of the Holy Ghost. Knowing that God's going to send somebody to help you and take care of that problem that you have at home. You follow? That's walking in the spirit. You listen to the spirit of God. You don't listen to the problems. Everybody got them. So you listen to, you listen to that voice that's going to give you the solution. Amen. Yes, some people's problems are worse than others. Of course they are. But we still have the same solution. God. Hallelujah. He will help you. He will love you. He will bless you. He will keep you. He loves you. And he does not want you to think that you're in this alone. You are not by yourself. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Verse 26 says, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. See, when we get discouraged, we start trying to give somebody else a headache. You know why? Because you turn on your brethren. I ain't happy. Why should I act happy? Well, if you act happy, maybe to catch up with you on the inside. But listen, happy don't get it unless you think right. You got to stop dwelling on the past. Quit dwelling on your failures. Quit dwelling on what you should have done. We all should have done something better. Amen. Quit dwelling on what ain't right. Dwell on what is right. You, you healthy. You here. You're alive. Amen. Hallelujah. You got God. He loves you. Amen. And the only way, place to go now is up. Hallelujah. Nowhere else to go. I ain't going backwards. I'm going forwards. I've been down at the bottom in the pit. You know, in a bowl with crabs, you, you, you crawl up and you get almost to the rim. You almost get out of there and you slide back down because the devil hits you again. Say, you ain't going nowhere. You ain't doing no better. You ain't going to get no better. He hits you with another discouragement. See, watch them disses. <laughs> discouragement, disloyalty disapproval all those disses they're not from god amen so you have to watch the devil he likes to hit you see this is what he does he waits until you start climbing out you ever notice that things start looking up then bam he said you ain't going nowhere get back in there or he'll have somebody come some spiritual person that loves you give you an evil report or the doctors will give you one Stay out of them offices unless you really need it. Amen. Christ is the healer. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't believe nothing they say. I just don't. I mean, I know on paper it it can be uh, true, but I don't go that far. You know, because when you get symptoms in your body, trust me, there is a lot of stuff that's in there going haywire. But you have to rebuke that thing. Amen. You don't settle for it. You fight a sickness when it's a small thing. Amen. You cast it down just like you, you fight wrong thinking in your mind when it's a small thing. You say, you know, devil, I'm not going to think like that anymore. I've had my time of thinking like that. I want better. I want better. Amen. I need more. You know, I, I came, I was always a Christian since I was a young girl. My parents sent us to Catholic school, and I was a Catholic. Then I was a Baptist. Then I, I didn't know what I was. But all I know is there was a burning desire on the inside of me for the real. And I knew that where I was was good, but I needed more. I needed more. And so I was always looking for something, what I didn't know. But I was always looking because I knew there was better. I knew that there was better. Amen. You have to desire better. Some people don't. Because, you know, you can get entangled in this life where there's just not any good stuff. Sometimes you need to change places. 
<laughs> you know, God told Abraham to run all the time. He always told people to leave, leave a place and go to another place. Sometimes you got to be dis- displaced or uprooted, I should say, and go somewhere else. Amen. For your own sanity. Hallelujah. So when we don't crucify our flesh and keep our bodies under subjection, your body is supposed to be under the authority of the Holy Spirit. We can count on having trouble. You can count on trouble coming. Amen. And we bring it on ourselves. Why? Because we don't stop it when it's a mind thing. You know, we don't stop it when it's just a suggestion. When a thought is in our mind, it's a suggestion. It's not an act. It's a suggestion. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. I hope I finished Galatians. I don't know. Go to 1 Corinthians 9. I'm almost done. 1 Corinthians 9 is hot in here. Is anybody else hot? Or is it just me? Miss Tanya's getting it. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Thank you, dear. Let's see, 1 Corinthians 9, verse 27. And it says, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, least when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. In other words, athletes who, who break the rules become disqualified. Amen. So Paul is saying this, look, I ain't perfect, and if I screw up too bad, God will disqualify me. See, these preachers who mess around need to be disqualified. Can we talk? (laughs) Need to be disqualified. And then this is what they'll say. Do as I do. Do as I say. Don't do as I do. That don't cut it. Because we're supposed to be examples. And everybody can stop these suggestions that go in our heads. Everybody can stop it, even the preachers. They're supposed to be the first people. Don't follow them kind. Get out of those places. Amen. But, you know, they got a nice choir and they got all of this stuff. You know, they got the programs. That's why they have the programs. They have programs to keep you occupied so they can do what they want to do. But you better tap that basket. Amen. You better tap the basket. What is everybody looking at? I'm up here. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's see. Let's go to first. Did I finish that? Y'all don't know because y'all looking out in the hall. Amen. First Corinthians 9:27. We did that one. Okay. He talked about disciplining himself. Amen. This is Paul. Why? He says, because I want the crown. Amen. I discipline myself and and I have self-control because I want the crown. Let's read 25. It says, and everyone who competes now, competes for the prize, is temperate. That means that they have control in all things. And now they do it to obtain a perishable crown. But we for, an imp- we for an imperishable crown. In other words, we fight for the crown of life. Do you want it? Amen. Amen. And then 26 says, therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, 
not as one who beats the air. But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Amen. And so if you, you go to the wayside, you get thrown out of the game. Amen. And so uh, uh, Paul is talking about how you stay in the run, how you stay in the race. Amen. Run with such, run in such a way that you want the prize. You know, in other words, don't be half-stepping with God. Give him your best. Give him all you got. Amen. Give him everything you have. Amen. Just like you do when you're on your nine to five. Hallelujah. They got that, didn't they, Miss Nola? But see, we give man our best. We on our P's and Q's. It's quiet in here now. But see, we give them people on the job our best, and then we side we we sidetrack on God. You know, doing whatever, doing it half-heartedly, getting mad. You know, it, it's I was gonna go somewhere, but I ain't gonna go there because it's not worth it. Let's go to First Peter two. <laughs> Most of you don't do that. First Peter two, verse eleven. It says, "Beloved, I beg you." As sojourners and, and pilgrims. Hallelujah. That means you're aliens. Why are we aliens? Because we're in the world, but we're not of the world. You ain't of the world. You're a spirit being. I know that sounds crazy, but if you're born again, you understand that. You ain't born again. It's just a bunch of chopped liver. Amen. But when you become born again, you're an alien to this world. You're not of this world. The Bible says you're not of this world. You're not of this kingdom. You're in the kingdom of God. You're in the world, but not of it. That makes you an alien and a sojourner. Amen. So, beloved, I beg you as a sojourner and pilgrims abstaining from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. You see that word war again? It war against the soul. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as an evildoer, they may by your good works. Y'all hearing that? When you do good, people going to lie on you. Get used to it. When you do good, they lied on Jesus. Hated his guts, picked up rocks to stone him because he was trying to straighten them out. Because they didn't believe he was who he said he was. Because they didn't know him. Amen. And he told them, what's in me ain't in you. And they picked up rocks to, <laughs> to stone him. And he pulled a disappearing act. See, even, even Jesus had to run sometimes. Didn't have to. He did it anyway. Amen. Hallelujah. So verse 12, I think I did that. I'll say it again. Having your conduct honorable among the gentiles that when they speak against you as an evildoer they may by your good works which they observe glorify god in a day of visitation in other words let people see you doing good don't let your good be evil spoken of unless you didn't have anything to do with it amen so Peter refers to, to warfare in this. Did we? Yeah, we read 11. He referred to warfare in this, um, this scripture as, as something that you're abstaining from your flesh being gratified. 
You see, war don't always mean fighting the devil. War means fighting yourself. Warring against the soul. Let me read 11 again. Beloved, I beg you as a sojourner and a pilgrim, abstain from abstain. That means stay away from fleshly lust, which war against your soul. In other words, it's not your body that's involved with it. Your soul gets involved with with fleshly desires. Amen. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Amen. And, you know, we need to learn how to uh, expect that in the people we elect, in the presidency. Expect that in people, uh, pastors, all leaders have to answer to God. Amen. And we need to expect excellence. It doesn't, amen. It doesn't mean they're not human. It doesn't mean they fight. It means that they respect the people under them. Just as you need to respect them, they need to respect you. Amen. And don't put up with all this crazy stuff. Paul also referred to the ungenerated flesh warring against the mind in Romans 7. It's the last one we're going to do. So let's go to Romans 7. And this is what we've been talking about all along. How your flesh if it's not tamed it wars against your mind. Your mind and your flesh is very well connected. Would you go get Rick please? Dan. Thank you. Romans seven twenty three. Daddy'll be right back. Hallelujah. <laughs> Romans seven twenty three. Uh, I'm gonna have to do this on my phone because my pages. Book of Romans has really got chewed up. Yeah, we know. Not getting a signal. You got it? Okay. Romans 7 verse, what's the verse? 23. It says, but I discern in my bodily members in the sensitive, and this is the amplified, in the sensitive appetites and wills of the flesh, a different law. Y'all hearing that? A different law or a different rule of action at war against the law of my mind. Are y'all seeing how God's talking about your mind? Amen. See, when we see war and warfare, we always think it's time I kill the devil, knock him dead. Look, the, the devil's already defeated. Amen. Defeated already. God is not worried about the devil. We are. But he's not worried about him because he's rendered him powerless. Amen. He's rendered him powerless. Hallelujah. So let's see. But I discern in my body, bodily members, in the sensitive appetites and wills of the flesh. See, Paul is saying, look, I got tendencies just like you all. Amen. He says a different rule of action. A war against the law of my mind. 
Amen. My reason in making me a prisoner of the law to sin that dwells in my bodily organs. What is he saying? He's saying this war that's roaring in my head is causing my body to get in trouble. Amen. See, it's in your mind. It starts there. Amen. He says, I discern in my bodily members, in the sensitive appetites and will of the flesh, a different law or a different rule of action, a war against the law of my mind. Amen. And making me a prisoner of the law of sin that dwells in my bodily organs. In the sensitive appetites and will of the flesh. So you ain't the only one. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) He said there's a war going on on the inside of me. Because my bodily organs have appetites that wills or makes the, the, the flesh happy. Amen. Hallelujah. And all of these these epistles, all of these scriptures that we have read, it talks about the war or the warfare in your mind. Warfaring in your flesh. You need to be happy. And then you know what verse 24, he says, Oh, unhappy and pitiful and wretched man that I am. <laughs> How many of you feel like that? Tell the truth. Shame the devil. Shame that old devil. Amen. He says, uh, wretched man am I, who will release and deliver me from the shackles of this body of death? Amen. And then 25 says, oh, thank God, he will. God will. Amen. (laughs) He says, Jesus Christ, the anointed one, our Lord, so that indeed I of myself with the mind, the mind and heart, Serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Thank you. So in other words, with the law of, of sin and death, he serves his body. But with the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus, he, he serves his, his uh, renewed mind. So you've got to renew. It starts in your mind. If you don't get your mind in check, You can't live a right kind of life that's pleasing to God. And see, this is why. Because people want to feel like a failure. You're not a failure. You just don't know the right combination to do these things because people don't teach it in the church. That's why it's so empty in here. Because truth is going forth. Amen. People don't like truth. Amen. It ain't what they want to do. Amen. But those, those churches that don't teach you nothing but put some money in this basket, I need a Cadillac. Amen. And I'm going to give you a program to follow. Not all of them. Most of them. I'm talking about mega churches. Amen. It's all about the Benjamins. Amen. And a program. And a choir. But we don't have time for that. See, I I loved all of that stuff, and I liked it when I was under that stuff. But now we need meat and potatoes on how to live. Amen. Hallelujah. Most people want that. All of them don't. But most people want truth. 
Amen. Because you're trying to live better. You're trying to have everybody wants the American dream. Amen. You know, some people come over and take it. We got to work for it. And sometimes you just can't get what you need unless you think right. According to God, it just won't work. Amen. Do you know how many people has been, have been blessed and couldn't keep it because of their, their thought process, how they think? Amen. Hallelujah. So you got to learn how to control how you think. Because if the thoughts don't come, you don't have anything to lead you wrong. Amen. But the problem is up here. Amen. First Timothy six twelve says, fight the good fight of faith. And lay hold of eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and has professed a good confession before many people, many witnesses. Amen. In other words, be who you said you were going to be when you received Christ in front of many. Hold out, start out how you can hold out. Those who wage a good warfare keep their mind renewed in the, in the word of God. Amen. In other words, keep your flesh in check and know how to stand in faith on the promises that are in the word of God. You can't do it without God. Amen. You can't, we just read that in Romans 7, 24. You cannot do it without God. The Holy Spirit has to help you walk according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh. Amen. And so you, I wouldn't count myself out if I were you. Amen. You're not down for the count. You are not down for the count. Amen. Hallelujah. But you can rise up in the power and in the anointing of the Holy Spirit but you've got to know how to work this thing. And if nobody's ever told you, and some people know, but they just give in to the flesh. Because we think we don't want to, but you do want to because you want to. Everybody wants to please God. Everybody wants to be a good person. But the devil tries to make it difficult, but we can't blame the devil anymore because we know too much. The Bible tells us to set our mind like a clock. Set your mind. Set your mind. When a mind is set, a mind knows when it's about to go off course. Are y'all here? And that mind, something stronger comes in and pulls that thinking, pull that mind back, pull it back. It's a fight. But you can do this with the power of the Holy Spirit. But set your mind. Set your mind like a clock to pull you back when you start to go off course. Amen. And you can come back and get right on course and stay in the race. Amen. Hallelujah. So, Father, we thank you for the people here today. We thank you for your word. Amen. We praise you, Father. We lift you up. Let something that was said today. Let it stick, not, not let it fall on stony ground. Amen. But, Lord, let it get into a person's spirit. You know, the, the, there's a thing in the Bible in Matthew, I think it talks about the parable of the seed, the sowing, sowing the seed. And that it says some seed fell on 
stony ground. And I believe that seed is the seed that doesn't get nourished because of everything around it, your surroundings. Amen. See, when a farmer goes out to plant seed, he conditions the soil. He waters it. He puts that, what's that fertilizer? He tends to it. He pulls the weeds from around it to give this seed life. And so it doesn't come back uh, shriveled up and die. Amen. And so you have to be like that with yourself and your mind to protect it. If it's around the wrong atmosphere, you've got to change it. You've got to take care of what's been put in, what's been sold in you today. You've got to nourish it, fertilize it, water it with the water of the word. In other words, don't let this just be the last time you hear the word this week. Get in your Bible. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, they have a good, how many of you have Bibles on your phone? I know you do. They have, if you switch on the Bible, it gives you a good teaching every day. Are y'all here? Especially all y'all to stay on your cell phone. And it has a good verse of the day. Now, the verse for today is in 1 Timothy 6. And it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due season. 1 Peter 5, that's on today, Sunday. Hallelujah. A good word. Amen. See, we you can get the word any kind. We didn't have all this stuff when we 25 years ago. You had to hunger and thirst after righteousness. You know, we follow Robert's Laird's ministry everywhere to get what we needed to stay afloat 25 years later. Now you got it on the phone. No excuse. Amen. So get in. Your, I'm not gonna say open your Bible. I know some of y'all ain't. But look on your phone and get a word for the day. And if you want to read the whole chapter, you can hit chapter, and then the whole chapter will come up, and you can read that every day. Start your morning out like that. The rest of your day will go great. Amen? Hallelujah. (laughs) If there's anybody that needs prayer, you can come up before we leave. We're going to pray for people, and then you're going to go home. Amen? And go home better than you were coming in. God loves you. Amen? God loves you. Hallelujah. He loves you, people.